Happy Wednesday, y'all. What's up? What's up? Hey, mommy group. Welcome to mommy group. Um, guys, today we're talking about limits and boundaries and how to create those in work, home, life, relationships. Some advice from Reese Witherspoon. Literally, advice from Reese Witherspoon specifically for the mommy group pod. Yes. We got to interview her, so keep listening. NBD. Um, and guys, if you're liking the show, please rate, review, subscribe, and screenshot this episode and share it with your friend so you can help us grow. We love you so much. Let's do it. Um, guys, there's going to be some interesting audio today because we're at my house. This is Orly, and I've got some, some construction in the backyard. Yeah, but it's going to be epic. This is it's going to be... look beautiful. I'm going to end up doing a before and after on my YouTube so you can see it. But there's a little bit of brick being done. Hopefully you won't hear anything, but if you do, I apologize. They're adding this glass fence. It's going to be so awesome. Glorious. Um, all right, so girls, I kind of wanted to talk to you about something. I saw this article, and I related to it in such a deep, deep way. It said that working moms work an average of a 98-hour work week because they're working during the day in a traditional job, but then their mornings start earlier because they're a mom. Their days are generally starting around 6.20 in the morning. Then they go to work. Then they come home. Then they have a second job to do, getting the kids from school, homework, dinner, cleaning, all of those things, and then their night normally ends around 8.30. So it's a 14-hour work day, and that's not really including like the weekends and the stuff that you have to do on the weekends just as a mom. Just, I feel you know. like it could be even more. I mean, 8.30, I, yeah. I go yeah. to bed average 11 p.m. You guys know I go to bed very late. I go to yeah. bed like 1 in the morning. Yeah, I mean, there's break. always something to do. There's laundry. There's deadlines at work. There's prepping the kids' projects. There's snack bag. Like, anytime that I have someone watching Millie, I feel like I do double work. Mm-hmm. Prepping the meals and prepping the stuff and writing the schedule. And it never ends. Question, though. <laughs> if we didn't do it, it would get done, right? I mean, oh, the stuff would get done. Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> Mr. A is amazing, but... I know. Well, I say that only because sometimes I feel like I put so much pressure on myself to get the job done that I go and do that extra hour of pre-prep or even late-night prep. And then, yes, it makes me feel better, but really, if things don't go perfectly planned, I know it's still going to get done because whoever I'm leaving that too is going to get it done. I don't know. I feel like there's certain things. My husband is amazing at uh, so many things, but there are certain things that just does not cross his mind to do and that it will just sit there until I do it. You know, and, and then there are things that doesn't cross my mind to do that, that probably sit there until he does it. So there's a little bit of a give and take there. But I think that the thing that I thought was interesting about this is just the idea that do we feel so unnatural as, I don't know if it's as moms or if it's just as women, but it feels so unnatural to draw those yeah. boundaries for yourself to say no to certain things because you're kind of like, well, I can't say no. I have to say yes. I can't say no. I can't say no at work. I can't say no here. These things have to get done. Who else is going to do them? So mom just takes on all of these extra jobs. Right. And so you get really overwhelmed when really it's probably healthier to create some kind of boundary for yourself when you're just like, no. It's almost like having some type of structure in your home so that people know exactly what their responsibilities are. Yeah. I think a lot of it is going to be nice. You know, my... Um, Millie's still so little that I look forward to when she has a couple more responsibilities so that she can be in charge of certain things in the home and that everyone's kind of pulling their weight. Because so much of it is just the busyness of managing a household. I want to bring something up though too. I want to... For any women that are listening that are stay-at-home moms too, Mm -hmm. I want to group them into this too. Because I feel like I fall into... The part-time mom who's a freelancer, I have my own business. So a lot of women that are full-time working women, mm-hmm. I feel like look at me sometimes and I have to justify a little bit that, no, 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 I work just as many hours. It's yeah. just on my own terms and I'm 
I'm not going to a place of business, but I'm doing it at home. And it's always hard to differentiate the two, but I want the moms to know also like the stay at home moms, it's the same thing, you know, working just as hard in the mornings, extra early. Oh my gosh. When I'm with Millie at home for 12 hours, like on a rainy day, literally at home, or maybe we can go to the park for a little bit. I like pat myself on the back that I survived. Yeah. 12 hours of like making sure she's safe, helping her, being attentive. I mean, oh, there are there, some days where I'm like, oh, I would dream of being at my desk right yeah. now. There's a really funny quote. I'm going to butcher it, but it's something like the hardest job in the world doesn't pay in a currency you can buy anything with. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you are for, for moms that don't work at all, they're working so hard, but it's in an, in an, in a, they don't get a paycheck. Right. There's no paycheck. So it's like, it's taken for granted because it's not like, well, look, I contributed X amount of dollars this month. We're equals here. It's like taken for granted what they do to keep things running, to keep life running, to keep everyone happy and healthy and mm-hmm. fed and sane and clean and all of those things. It's just sort of taken for it's granted. It's just expected. Yeah, it's expected. Yeah. Exactly. It's expected. It was really interesting because I feel like we all share a very similar like work ethic. We are very appreciative that we have the opportunity to work. Uh, whatever jobs we have, we want to really excel, do great. We want to make everyone really happy. We really appreciate that. It is. It feels so unnatural to me to set any kind of limit or any kind of like boundary when it comes to work because that dynamic feels so off. Like if someone at work, at home and family, for example, if someone at work asks me to do something, I'm sure I have the right to say, no, I, no, I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm sorry. But the dynamic of saying no to a boss does not feel right. It doesn't feel, and, and even on the smallest way, like home and family is a really creative job. So sometimes it's like, hey, I pitch a certain idea and they want me to do it another way. I have the right to say, no, I don't like that. I don't think that's going to be good. But the natural dynamic of you are my producer mm-hmm. and I am, quote, talent makes me feel uncomfortable saying no. But then I sit there frustrated and angry that I'm doing something either that I don't like or that's incredibly inconvenient or that I someone else doesn't have to do this. Yeah, what about you your know, counterparts? Oh what is it like for them? Do you know people that work that you work with that do say no yes. and they don't get asked? Absolutely. Men, men, I mean, and women? No, 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 women. Women. women See, that's even more frustrating, I feel like. They have set the tone from the beginning that they will not do that. They will not do these things. And so they don't even get asked to do it anymore. This is a lesson that I learned years ago when I worked at the studio because I would always say yes, yes to volunteer later, to go cover an event, um, to help out with this shoot, to produce something that wasn't even in my vertical. And eventually one of my producers who became a friend of mine was like, the reason why they ask you is because you say yes to everything. And it's so unfortunate because you want to be a team player, you take pride in your work. 100%. But then you've created these expectations that are you know, un, unattainable mm-hmm. and they're putting you in an unhealthy relationship with these colleagues. And then the first time you say no, it becomes a personal thing. Right. And you become yeah. labeled. It's almost like this buffer time where we had talked about this. You become difficult where, to work with. Exactly. And you you're like, I've said yes, 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 yes. But also, and and this more pertains to our world of, you know, the, the partnerships and deals and things like that on social media and whatnot that my work pertains to. I find that also you just realize at some point I've become really good at saying no because I know what my value is now. You know, mm-hmm. like in the yeah. beginning when I was starting out and I was like, I want these brands to notice me right. and and appreciate me and just like shine the spotlight on me. I would do things for free and then I would say, yes, I'll do it for this little amount. And now, even if it's a great brand that I know is so perfectly aligned with my brand and messaging, mm-hmm. 
if the dollar amount, and not that, that that always means the most, but sometimes if it's not, I'm like, you don't know what I what my value is and I have to step in and say no. And yeah. sometimes it could be good and bad. Sometimes they come back and they're like, whoa, you're saying no to us? Like, why? And let, let's see if we can meet you halfway. Right? Yeah. It's almost like playing, playing the game a little bit. And you have to be willing, I think, to walk away from, as it pertains to work, you have to be willing to walk away from something and take that risk. Mm-hmm. And almost always, at least what I've noticed lately, is almost always people come back to you and say, okay, all right, sure, we can make that work. We can make that work. But I think there is, it's exactly what you were alluding to, Brandy, about this buffer zone. There's this time, this overlap time, when you were the yes person, I'm team player, proud to be here, I'll do whatever we can, right. to realizing that you're getting taken advantage of, and now you start saying no. Well, they don't know you're saying no yet. So they're still asking you. So you now are put in the very awkward position of saying no to people you used to want to appease and always say yes to. And there's that very, there's a chunk of time before they realize that you've set a limit for yourself and you're no longer saying yes. And then they'll stop asking you. But in that buffer zone, you are just plagued by uncomfortable situations. It's also just boundaries. Boundaries at work and boundaries with friends and colleagues and just yes, setting those limits. And and this is when I also think I love when you see those posts on social media that really make you think. One of my girlfriends, Melanie Chandra, she's an actress. Um, she's amazing on Instagram. You guys have to check her out. But she's an actress and obviously that world and she's a new mom. Mm-hmm. So balancing that whole thing, balancing boundaries, it's real, right? And she, she did this um, really detailed post and I thought it was very vulnerable of her. And she's talking about a project that she was saying it was over the moon. She basically said it like that. It was the oppor- a great oh. opportunity of a lifetime. And she was torn because the offer was positioned to support someone with many years less experience in this industry. Which reminded me of like, I would do that. Even though I have so much, my skill set is so strong, I would probably say yes to an opportunity because I'm scared that there's not going to be any more available. Mm -hmm. And this is what she said, and this really spoke to me. She said, ultimately after the inner chatter subsided of struggle between what she should do, I realized my desire to pursue this role was coming from a scarcity mindset, which is a big Mm. no-no. I had to remind myself that I shouldn't make decisions based on fear. The fear that many actors have that if I don't do this, I might not have another opportunity (gasps) like this for a long time. But the truth of the matter is that I've always led with an abundance mindset, and this was just a slip, and that's okay. Decisions like this are tough, but they are just a wake-up call that we have to bet on ourselves and believe in our worth. I was like, oh, oh my God, I love her. Believe in our worth is the most impactful thing. I mean, I was, I literally, that spoke to me on so many Mm -hmm. levels, and I was like, oh, so good. What is so amazing about that is, it is, believe in your worth is the simplest mantra that will get, will keep you out of trouble. Mm -hmm. Like, you won't be in a bad relationship. I was just going to say, this reminds me of like my single days, or at least uh, listening to my girlfriend's stories about being single, and just, yeah, feeling kind of, um, you know, waiting for that person to text you back, and not knowing, and all these things, and it's like, no, know your worth. And if the person is into you, they will find you and they will make it happen. And if someone treats you like shit, Mm -hmm. treats you like crap, sorry, I'm trying not to cuss on the podcast anymore, treats you Mm -hmm. like dung, then you know what you're worth. And so it's easy to walk away because you're like, uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not messing around with that. And same with work. If you're in a, if you're in a job and you lead with abundance, just like she said, and you believe that all of these great opportunities are coming to you because you know that you're worth it and it's just a matter of time. It is so easy to walk away from the wrong ones because you know the right ones are right around the corner. Why suffer through this wrong one when you're going to get the right one? If you can believe that, it actually, I do believe in that sense, it's like the, um, what's the, the term, the like, 
not affirmations, but like, um, what was the secret? The secret. Oh. Yeah, but like, what's that? What's that? Oh, like the oh, law of attraction. Oh, yeah. So it's like the idea. I do believe in that sense for the law of attraction. Like, if you believe mm-hmm. that all of these things are happening for you and are going to happen, like for manifesting you, it. They yes. man, man, manifestation. That was the right word. <laughs> it was like manifesting. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. the right word. Um, I really do think it actually happens simply because people respond so strongly to confidence. Yeah. You see someone confident that they can lead the way. People just want to follow someone who seems confident. Right. So if you're like, no, I absolutely don't think that this is the right way to go and I'm willing to walk away if you don't agree. That confidence, people are like, I- I'm on your ride. What ride are you on? I'm, I'm The confidence, you. the conviction. And a lot of times yes. it takes just years of, I don't know, troubleshooting these things to realize what your worth is and to have the confidence to do that. Wait, yeah. this is so off topic, but um, I was on a plane and I was watching the documentary on Elizabeth Holmes. Did you guys see that? Oh it's my the God. The, um, she <clears throat> created the healthcare. Uh-huh. Um, what was oh, it yes, I did. I oh my the God. Blood the blood testing. Blood there there enough. And I just thought when you were talking about that orally about oh, confidence. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. I, I, I do struggle with this thing of like, I have friends that literally manifest something out of thin air yeah. and they make stuff happen for themselves yeah. and and it's real it's real stuff but I'm just like damn you just went in there and said I want this this and this and commanded it and yeah. you got it and I'm like and then what they thought was going to happen happened because that other part happened right uh-huh. but I'm just like I want to be like that and yeah. then I, when I saw this basically the um uh the documentary is following this woman Elizabeth Holmes who was like a Stanford dropout and she created this healthcare line what she claimed was like proprietary innovative blood testing right. and it was that didn't exist not. that exactly. didn't exist but i mean she had she was working with like joe biden she was working she with raised the like billions of dollars insane yeah so, she's now in jail or she's in, not yet. I mean, she's on trial right she's, now she's on trial. but it was it just made me think about the you know the confidence of having you know like where it will take you literally yeah. faking it till you make it um but that was interesting i also want to say that for the younger audience listening to, I think sometimes when you say like, if you believe in yourself and you manifest it, that doesn't mean it. Yes, I do think a portion of it is luck, but it also is a lot work. of work. When preparation meets hard yes. work, because to so me, so much of it is one that. of my biggest pet peeves is when I get these DMs and messages from people that are like, so what do I do to do this? And it's like, don't come to me with that question. Come to me with like, I'm doing A, B, and C. What do you think I should be doing differently, right? Give me something that I can work with to give you back. Not just like, how do I make this happen? So that just made me think of it because I always think about how I talk to my kids or how I will talk Mm -hmm. to them about like what the difference between confidence, luck, and manifestation is, so. Yeah. Anyways, um, I, this this does bring up something really interesting though. So a couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to go to an Elizabeth Arden event, and oh Reese God, Witherspoon great. was there. I freaking love her so oh, much. Our favorite mama. I first of all, Big Little Lies. You know, I, season two is obsessed. Be amazing. Um, but I was I fell in love with her even more than I ever have. She's a dream come true. She is like a sweet confection of sugar and everything. <laughs> you know, like everything it. you think of. Um, as a sweet like girl next door she is exactly that so anyways I she was so sweet to answer some questions I was like I want to talk to you about mommy and group pod and um, I just asked her a little bit about what it was like balancing um, work life with personal life how she keeps her kids grounded so let's take a listen and see what she said all right Reese so thank you so much for answering a few questions for mommy group pod um so one thing I want to ask you is that you are so grounded in everything you do and you're so in the public eye and raising kids especially now that I'm a mom and all of us on podcast are moms what is the one thing that you try to instill in your kids to just make sure they remain grounded yeah I think 
you know, somebody gave me really good advice when I first started being a working mom. They said, come home and even if you had a really terrible day, find one thing to be positive about because it'll teach your children to be positive about work and it'll give them a work ethic. But even if it's something as silly as a friend told a funny joke or, oh my God, I wore the funniest blue pants and everybody laughed or just find something really joyful that they can share in and it. it really has helped with my kids not feeling sad that I'm gone I try not to come home and go oh, I missed you even though I did because it um I don't know I just want them to have a positive attitude about work awesome thank you so much yeah. I love so much that she said that the for her what I thought was cool is that when you talked about keeping them grounded what she initially went to was work ethic and I'm sure that's because they're so privileged they have every connection in the world. They have every right to, not every right, but they've got every inclination to become entitled mm-hmm. brats who don't work. And so her biggest concern in keeping them grounded is giving them good work ethic, mm-hmm. which to me makes perfect sense. Like I completely understand that connection. I love that she makes sure that work is a reality to them. So she doesn't come home and say, oh my God, I missed you, I missed you, I missed you, even though she she you know did miss them because she wants them to have a positive attitude about work and her working and that this is the reality of life. Right. You know, mom and dad have to work. Um, and sharing stories of joy from work. Yeah. I, the even po- just like little little jokes and stuff. Cute. Exactly. Like just the positivity of it. And I mean, in general, even when you're just in her presence, she's a very positive person. A lot of celebrities sometimes, you know, they turn it on and then they can turn it off really fast. I just felt like she was very uh, positive in general. Now I know why her and Oprah are BFFs. <laughs> but, so warm um, and sunshiny. <laughs> but, I, but I do think I loved that she said that because I do think, like you said, Orly, it's easy to get caught up in this idea of privilege, especially when you live and grow up in that. Yeah. And and to a lesser extent, we all are very fortunate to, to lead the lives we lead and um, you know raise our kids with giving them everything and anything they want on a different level. And so I think when she says, yeah, I come home from work and even though it sucks that I'm not with them, I always say something positive. Like, always turn even a negative into a positive right yeah and that to me goes back to so many topics that we've addressed which is that it's so much about your mindset and it's about communicating regardless of what it is right even I think in our last episode one of the last ones we talked about how our kids like communicate with them talk to them don't just say like I'm in a bad mood and wear it on your face say like yeah mom kind of had a bad day and this is why and turn it into a positive if you can so um I just Reese, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very. I think it's always really exciting when we can hear people who we admire, celebrities that we admire or we relate to in one way or another, share their view on things that we experience also. Because it just feels like a connective tissue that we can all kind of like relate to. Well, I found some other great quotes from some other uh, mommy celebs that we love. Um, listen to this. So Kelly Clarkson said, after becoming a mother, the amount of blank that I get done. I am so impressed with myself. It's the most empowering feeling because it makes you want to worry about the pettiness and trivial things a lot less. So true. And I've said this before. I remember the first time that I left the house by myself with Millie as a newborn, you know, when we did some simple tasks like going to Target or something, I felt like such a badass (laughs) that I got out the door. It might have taken me a long time because she probably had to blow it as soon as we got outside. Um, But yeah, I've never felt more powerful than when when I became a mom. I agree. I can't agree more. We are incredible people. Yeah. (laughs) There is a superwoman element to it. And even if it is that, you know, going back to just waking up an hour earlier, getting everything done, and then going about your actual day. What's funny to me is, as we're talking about this, is that it's sort of like that mindset and identity of being a superwoman 
is exactly why we don't have as many limits and boundaries as we should. Because we're like, that's what we do, right? Yeah. That's what we do, oh, that's mamas. So true. We just take it on and we do it Such and we're amazing. Mm-hmm. And so then you're like, well, if I can't do it, I'm not super mom. I'm not as amazing. So we like hold this identity of super mom. So then when you actually try to create that boundary or that limit and say no to something, you don't feel as super. Well, I also, oh, that I, is so true. That's, that's such a good point. And I also think about it with my mom saying something, you know, when she's reading all these new articles that come out about, you know, moms do it all. And this she's yeah. like, girlfriend, I did this. Like, you know, yeah. one called me Superwoman, and I worked as an engineer with your dad side by side, and I raised you yeah. guys, and we didn't have help. So, cool. I'm glad you're Superwoman, but I was, <laughs> if you're Superwoman, I'm She's like, like, how are those videos going? Yeah, exactly. F off. <laughs> you're like, oh, no, I love you. So, I think it's just, it, it is interesting, but that's very you're true. You're so right. It actually kind of, sometimes we create our own yeah. um, false. false expectation when no one else has put that pressure on us. Because yeah. Mike does that. Mike will, he leaves these little notes every morning when he goes to work on a notepad and I read it to the kids and when there's like been a busy weekend and I was juggling a lot and I was doing a lot with the kids and we were entertaining and all this stuff he'll write like you know thank you so much for everything this weekend you really are super mom and it's like that makes me I want I receive that comp and I wonder what this says about me I receive that compliment more wholly Mm -hmm. because I really felt like I pushed myself that weekend where if I at any point had said you know what no you take them. I'm not going. I need a minute. I think I would have been like, I'm not really super mom because I at that one moment I did need to back out mm-hmm. and super mom wouldn't have had to back out. So it's like the more I martyred myself all weekend, yeah. the more I feel that compliment because I'm like, yeah, I really did. I didn't want to do all those things and I did those things. I am super mom. You're right. Like, <laughs> I wish you guys could see Orly's body language oh, right God. now. Yeah, it's hilarious. Her pointer finger is just flying. I, I almost poked Brandy's Wait, eye Wait, so then out. question for you. Do you have mom guilt when you don't get stuff done? Uh, when you don't like when you don't when you don't meet your requirements that you oh, expectations on yourself right like you, whatever you title as super mom if you don't get that stuff do you have mom guilt because I know we've talked about this in the past and yeah. you're like I don't really have it you know what's so funny is I've never associated mom guilt with those things I always associate it with work and I'm like no I don't feel guilty going to work I love it it makes me a better person it mm-hmm. makes me happier I come home more fulfilled I'm a better version of me my kids are totally fine when right. I'm not around they're no, in good I hands I don't feel guilty but I didn't ever think about the idea of all the other little things yeah. that when I don't yeah, I think I feel like let's say I feel like I'm not I'm not um, as uh, you know like could, I'm a failure. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I don't know if it's guilt, but I feel less than. Right. Yeah. I think that's I think that's could be associated with guilt too. So I think yeah, so much of mom guilt for me is because Millie is so little still. Yeah. Like I think that when your kids are smaller and younger. It takes time. It's almost like a weaning off period for both of you. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I'm still getting a hang of this parenting thing. Our second baby is due in a couple months. But I think that it's going to feel less and less guilty when I leave her as she gets older and can understand more yeah. about why I'm leaving. And, um, you know, her logic is there and she starts developing. Even as young as three, like once she's in a preschool, I think that my mom guilt is going to be less. Because when do you, like, why do you feel guilty now? What... What are the moments the where you oh. get that? Well, I went away to New York for the longest I've ever been away from her. So three nights. Yeah. That's the longest I've ever done. She's 23 months. How many? And how many days? Brandy? <laughs> Actually, she'll be 23 months in two days. Okay. Love <laughs> Very exciting. But, oh, I had guilt I, I just missing all the things. Yeah. Missing breakfast. Missing our dance parties. Missing bedtime routine. Missing cuddles. 
Did you feel guilty because you thought that she was not getting what she needed because you were gone or just you wanted to be there? Probably. Like, was it guilt? No, it was probably that it was you wanted like to sadness. be there. You probably felt guilty because she can't express it yet, but she was probably like, Mom, you weren't here. And so it made, that makes you feel I guilty. mean, guys, the third night when I finally saw her and she saw me pull up, she vocally was like, Mom, 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 and like came to the door. And I and there was a point where we FaceTimed the, on the last day, and I could tell she was just so upset. Oh, yeah, just wait Like, she didn't understand why I'm... It. In a video, and she can talk to me, but I'm not there, and she can't yeah. hug me and hold me. I think it was, I think it was guilt because part of me feels like these few years are so sacred and precious, and so impactful mm-hmm. that me leaving because I enjoy work. You know, I'm not a single parent. I'm not the only person that's you know keeping a roof over our head. Yeah. Um. It, it wasn't a job I had to do. It was something I wanted to do. So I think that that was it. I feel like these first couple years is just so powerful that it's my job to soak that in and to be there for her 100%. Oh, good. I was gonna. I wanted to ask another question. Was that do you? Because I have a lot of girlfriends who, before having kids, were like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm gonna be that mom that goes to work. Oh, I thought drop I was. It and I'm gonna go. I had back no idea work. I would enjoy motherhood like this. And then I have girlfriends that were like, "No, no, no, I'm gonna be a full time stay at home mom. That's mm-hmm. what I want to do." And it's interesting because I think this idea of mom guilt have actually either changed their perspective mm. or really solidified it. Like, I have girlfriends who were like, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom, and they're like, oh, hell no. Yeah, like, that's I'm not what I thought go it was. Yeah. Same to your sentiment, which is that I'm a better person because I do, I am away from them, I have that separation, I come back, and I'm just yeah. a more whole per- person for that. But. I think, you know, it's funny. I think it's, to me, I, I as I'm listening to you talk mm-hmm. about those early years, my first thought was like, you know, why? Like, why now? And, and why guilty? And she's fine. And does she even, re- you know, I'm thinking up, but then... <laughs> I'm remembering when I was filming The Fabulous in New York and mm-hmm. I was flying to New York every Wednesday to Friday. And this was when Connor, I was still breastfeeding. So I was oh pumping. My gosh. So Connor was probably three or four months old, right? And I was flying to New York every week. And my, my first trip in trip to New York that I had without him when he didn't come with me, because he came with me for all the screen tests and the auditions uh-huh. and we stayed at my in-laws and he was with me. The very first time I flew by myself, I stayed in a hotel and... I had what I now know was a panic attack, but at the time, oh my gosh. do you understand? I seriously thought that they were, pump- this is so, saying it out loud right now is mm. so embarrassing. I seriously thought that they were pumping something into the room because my skin Vegas was, vi- style. my skin was vibrating. I'm not kidding wow. you. I had such an intense physical reaction that I'd never had a panic attack before. So I'm thinking, this is real, this is real. What I'm feeling is real. Something is mm-hmm. in this air. I made them change my room three times in the middle of the night convinced that there was something in the AC, chemicals from outside, something going on that was reacting badly to what was going on. I didn't sleep for four nights straight. Oh Not gosh. a wink for four nights straight. I was completely delirious, <clears throat> didn't know what was going on. And I realized later, much later after like really kind of thinking about it and talking about it, it was like fear and like separation and feeling guilty that I, in my mind, did not feel. But clearly, I did. You had a, physical reaction. I had a physical reaction. I think also deep, the fact that you were breastfeeding way. and you were pretty much in your fourth trimester. Yeah, I was just pumping and, and putting it in a little newborn. fridge in the hotel. Yeah. No, it was, and it's so funny when I think about it now that I actually, I mean, I was adamant on the phone with them, with like the the downstairs. Oh my con- God, Orly, I wish I knew you then. <laughs> I'm like, there is something oh in goodness. this room. I need to move rooms. I mean, I sound like a... So I definitely can admit that I have had a physical reaction when I'm away from Millie. Mm. Um, 
Absolutely. And you know, one of my favorite quotes from Elizabeth Stone is to have a child is to forever have your heart go walking around outside your body. That's the cutest. I I never understood that until I became a mom and I physically hurt when I'm away from her. It's, uh, you know, uh, um, for an extended period of time, not like when I just go do my own thing. Um, It's hard. Do you think dads get dad guilt? Or yes. fathers get debt of... Yes, absolutely. They do, but it's not the same. Yeah. It's, it can't be the same. And I do think that that is, though, tightly related back to this whole idea of boundaries, of the, mm-hmm. the expected role of women. And maybe it is, like you said, because we think we're... You know, we put this superwoman yeah. tag on us. But I do think that it is because of the the extra stuff we put on us. So I also just want to say kudos to all those single parents out there. Oh, because gosh, I don't even no. know how you... Like, I love watching those... Um, clips on social media and stuff when you see like the dad braiding the girl's hair and oh, it's like seeing the, the dad best. making it happen and this I'm like oh, I love you guys like so good all even moms parents that all do my both. moms yes. I remember when um both oh Mila and Rion were both under two I took them to Disneyland by myself and I remember it was spring break my husband was traveling and um they were like we really want to do something and I was like I really would want to take you guys to Disneyland but I just I feel so Mila's not even 12 months yeah and Rian you're just like how am I gonna do this with just me and then I don't know what it was but I something in my head was just like you know what single parents do this all the time yeah like what is is stopping me why am I preventing myself why am I putting a boundary on me yeah because I'm by myself and I and I was like what's the worst that can happen I paid for my ticket the kids are free yeah. And we were we done figured with it. out. <clears throat> you know how sometimes, well, this is a really weird analogy, but you know how sometimes when you are driving with a group of people, you, no one pays attention to where you parked or what you're doing because yes. everyone assumes someone else did it. Right. Yeah. But when you're on your own, you like clock every year, like, oh okay, my gosh. there's a target on my right hand <laughs> side, but it's the part with the toys. Yeah. And then I'm going to be walking out through here. I need to see the lid store on my. You clock everything because you, you're like, I'm on my own. Yeah. So I think it's sometimes like that. When you're with the kids alone, you know that no one else is picking up the slack. So you do like a ninja. Oh my God. Ninja. I expect someone to like try to like mug me. (laughs) When I'm by myself and I have to be responsible for milking. Oh, I am on high alert. Okay. (laughs) But I feel like the kids are too. Like my son, I remember little boy, you know, rambunctious all over the Uh place. Literally, I was sitting there with a Bjorn on my chest and then the double stroller and I'm trying to get on the tram and he's like mom let me get out of it let me you know and he's under <gasps> two and he's, he's like helping me and I'm like <gasps> when time him. when push comes to shove yeah. like he you can he stepped it. up and we ended up staying there let, let me tell you guys till after the fireworks nine, oh 9 PM. whoa 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 so you Stay know super I felt mom. that made me feel good that made me feel really good that hey, was myself. one okay. other quote I wanted to bring up is from my good friend Aisha Curry um because I know we were talking about <laughs> Wait, are you, you know, guys friends yeah oh a little name drop there. Okay, Hold on, sorry. let me bend down and pick it up. Hold on. Oh, there you go. Oh, um, oh, oh, ooh, sorry. Construction. That's okay. You guys probably good. can't even hear it, but probably we can. Um, but you know what's something? So she says, you know what's not talked about when it comes to being a great mom? And I know we just gave a great shout out to single parents, but she says having a great marriage. Um, she says that the secret family harmony, excuse me, the secret to family harmony is date nights with her husband. So you guys know they have three young kids yeah. and she says, you know, you become a parent, you want to put your kids first, but then you end up making your relationship second. And I mean your relationship with your significant other yes, second. Yes. So I'm guessing you put your relationship with yourself third. Uh, and I just think that's so important to bring up is, you know, I know we give shout outs to our husbands all the time, but. Gosh, I could not be as great as a mama if it wasn't for my significant other. I 100% agree. No, I don't know. Again, I think they, single parents deserve the title of, you know, like they they bow down to them because for sure. It is a, for me, it's a, 
as much as we bounce off of each other. Me and my husband are one hundred. He gives just as much as I do, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think too, that. like the thing I like about talking about a date night is because it's the focus is not on being on them helping, right? The focus is on no, like the the extra warmth and love that you get when you two are connected makes everything else a little easier. So, like, I'll, I'll feel that when we have a date night or when we have a romp session or whatever. Like, the... <laughs> a think of romp what to say. session. A little romp sesh. The a sweet meat comes out. A little mattress mambo. When, when sweet when meat comes out. Comes out. Um, <laughs> that, like, the even just, like, that one, that day, the rest of the day, it's like we feel more connected in everything else that we're doing. Well, I like how she says the word harmony. Yeah. It is yeah. such a, you know, a beautiful harmony when everyone's on the same page. Everyone feels strong, connected. Oh, yeah. I miss Mr. A now. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about setting some limits with our kids because yeah. I had this interesting thing that happened yesterday. So my son's, I think, like on his ninth tooth that's been lost. And, you know, we read Peppa Pig and it's like, oh, Peppa gets a coin for her mm-hmm. tooth. So we, we give like 5 $6 for wow, teeth. Oh, big spender. I know. I'm like, and it goes straight in the piggy bank. And I'm like, you know, it's great. He saves all of it and whatnot. Cute. So um, I decided to do something different this time. And the tooth fairy left a little note saying, hey, Rian, you get to go pick something out from Target this oh, time. So shopping you want. I'm thinking in my head as I I'm I feel like I know where this, this story's going. Well, I was thinking... It's going to be in the same range that you always get. So, like, something yeah. under 10 bucks. A little figurine. And I thought he would get that because that's what he gets. You know, he's six yeah. years old. He should know this. We get to Target. He's looking at – he's obsessed with baseball cards right now, trading cards. So, he gets he gets this entire case of tops trading cards. And I'm like, Rian, how much was this? price? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you know the price underneath, like, the shelf? That's, <laughs> that's called the price. So I take him to go see it, and I'm like, this is $49.99. Are you crazy? Like, are you out of your mind? And he's, like, don't he's know. like, he's like, well, mom, if you were a mom that really loved your children, <gasps> you would get this for them. For, and I love that. First, I love how he's talking about himself in a third person. For them. He's like, you, a mom that really loves their kids would get them this. And I was like, excuse, first of all, this is yeah. not from me. This is from the tooth fairy. Yeah. Second of all, uh, do you even know, like, what you're saying right now? Talk I literally heard my mom and dad come out of my mouth where it was like, I heard my dad say, do you even know the value of a dollar? Yeah. I had to trek through the snow, you know, and I was like, seriously. I, like, stopped in my tracks, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I come home with brand new stuff for you all the time, and when has there been a day that you don't get what you want and then more? Yeah. Like, come on. I was like, this is a ser- – I, I literally stopped Good. for a second. I was like, I need to start putting boundaries, like, even more boundaries if that's the way you were talking. Oh, my he's gosh. Like, <laughs> he's like, no, you do. You do. And I was like, exactly. You do? Wait, he said that? No, meaning, like, he was oh, like, you oh, get oh. this for me. You oh, do. okay. You know, but I was just like, come on, buddy. This is – it just started making me think really deep about – how they do have access and privilege to a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and they need to also know very well like no $50 is out of the question but even just on a smaller level of your kids um trying to negotiate and push your push yeah. the limits so it's funny that we're talking about this because um I forgot to mention I have been cheating on both of you <gasps> I started a mommy and me tots group this week guys. I hope it implodes I just hope no <laughs> yeah, one shows up seriously whatever <laughs> And you know, I'm such a know-it-all. My, I told my husband, I was like, I think, I think God placed me in this group because, you know, they needed me to, you know, just add a little um, diversity. Uh, not, not race-wise, but I mean just different perspectives into the group because I missed the first week. So I came, like, popping in the second week. And this is a little off topic, but the first thing that you do is your highs and lows throughout the week. And so oh, I went first. Yeah. 
And so my high was, you know, every day is just the best. Like Millie's so great. She's a great eater, great sleeper. Like every day is just such a joy. And then the low was that when I work, it's hard for me to be away from her. Um, but I'm so lucky because I oh work from home a lot. Oh my god! So I'm not His really. Moms must have been like Phyllis. Oh my god! The next person that went was talking about limits. Yeah. And how her child is going through tantrum, tantrum, and the child ended up displaying that almost the whole class. And it was tough. I mean, you know, Millie's uh, acted out, you know, here and there, but she's not in a place yet where she. I mean, this little girl was biting, yelling. Oh, mama. She wanted to leave, and you know, the instructor's narrating what's happening. Oh my gosh. But you're you're supposed to be hands off. But what I'm getting at is the whole, our kids, they want to push and push and push. Oh my gosh. And it's almost like if you open one door, you know, then that that sets the standard for what they expect next time. Yeah. Well, and, and you got to just sometimes put them in their place. Because another thing, my son, who loves pushing my boundaries, mm-hmm. we were getting ready for his birthday party. It was at like Sky Zone or one of those places, you know. And uh, his friend was over. We were going to take them with us, to the, him to the party. And I... I got I got in his face about something because he wasn't changing or he wasn't doing. So I was like, Rian, seriously, like you don't need to go then to your birthday party. Like this is for you, so yeah. please cooperate. And he, I heard him tell his friend, he's like, you know what, I don't I don't even need my mom to come. Like I I can just pay for this party. Like I have <laughs> I have money in my piggy bank. And I was like, I, I I'm sorry, excuse me. What was that little boy? And oh he's like, God. I was saying I have enough money in my piggy. I was like, oh, do you? Okay, all right, you go ahead. Take take the money out of your piggy bank and yeah, let you take it. One call an Uber. You can take an Uber there, little and butt I literally, oh like, Get embarrassed him. And I didn't know if this was the right thing to do because I feel like sometimes when you embarrass your kids in front of their friends, it's really, like, one of those powerful moments that sticks with them forever. Yeah. So I – but I did. I embarrassed him, and I was like, okay. I was like, I'm going to take this piggy bank right now. And I'm, I'm like, who do you think made this piggy bank? Okay? Yeah, I did. Filled you know what would have been nice so. is if you broke it. Like, I know there's, like, so, a little hole in the bottom, but if you just, like, smashed it. I was just furious, but that just made me be like, seriously, like I, I, I was like, come well, on. and it's so. Hard. How do you set limits for your kids? Because I learned from both of you since your kids are older, um, and you know my limits are very small right now with the toddler. But how do you even power set of no? Still, it's with the your power kids? of no, not saying yes, like not giving in. Even though, like, I think that there are times where you want to be, oh, it's fine, you know, like I, I want to give this to you, I can give it to you, and it's like, yeah. no, you have to say no because that no, which will last through, even if it's just that. $10 target situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you say no, it sticks with them and they get it. And then the next time, maybe uh, it's a yes or a no. This, uh, so Ken uh, is on Home and Family, right. Ken Wingard, and he's, his kids are incredible. They mm-hmm. are the most well-behaved kids. They are, they're just lovely. Every time he brings them to the show, it's just like, I'm obsessed what with What am I doing wrong? <laughs> they're, they're just amazing. And he's, t- he's really tough. And he said for him that they, there's no warning. So you know how you'll be like, all right, I'll be like, Blakey, get in your room. If you come out one more time, I'm yes. taking away your blanket. Taking mm-hmm. away your pink blanket. The false threats. Right? No, they're not false, but I give her a warning. Okay. Ken said, there's no warning. You go in, you take it away. That's it. You know you're not supposed to do that. You take it away, close it up. And he goes, there are no warnings. They need to know. There's not, it's not a push. You just do it. Mm-hmm. And so for him, he's like, they know that if I say something, that if they don't do the thing I said, that there's a consequence. They know it. I don't have to threaten a consequence. I don't have to say, I'm going to tell you right now to get in the car because we have to go. If you don't get in the car, then you're not allowed to play with the yada yada toy when we get there. Mm -hmm. They know that if I say get in the car, you get in the car. And there's no... I want to be that parent. Which I I think is really interesting because he's still loving and kind and Mm -hmm. sweet and smooshy with them. It's not like he's this... 
you know, awful person. Drill sergeant. (laughs) Yeah, but from the very beginning, he set this tone that is when I say that we're doing something, we're doing that thing. So good. And that's it. Because there's going to be a consequence on the other end you're not going to like, and I don't have to let you know in advance what that is. And I thought that that was really interesting. I have not gotten good at doing it because it's easier to hope that they're going to listen. Like when Blake gets out of her bed 30 times, I'm sitting on the couch. I feel done for the night. I want to be done for the night. I don't want to get up. I don't want to fight. I just want to sit and chill and put on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. (laughs) And so it's like when she comes out, it's easier to say, Blakey, go and get in your room. Or it's easier to do the threat than to get up and deal with the freak attack that will happen if I just go in there without saying anything and grab her blanket. Oh my gosh, this is kind of why I want to get a Dutch door put into Millie's room. It's those doors that just open on the The top top. and then I can lock the bottom. She'll she'll (laughs) be climbing on top of that in no time though. She won't. I yeah. asked my husband, like, you know how preschools have it and like the church nursery, and like you can just swing the top. Oh my god, what if you got like one of those porch doors that's like a screen with a lock, <laughs> and you're like, I see you, but you can't get out. Like, you <laughs> can't get out. Oh my Sucker. gosh, that's it is hilarious. so hard. And well, I mean, punishment's a whole other topic. And oh honestly, yeah, we'll, um, we'll have to talk about it on another episode. Oh, I want to get into because... that one. That one I feel like is a good one to get into. Oh, but uh, these that's kids, interesting, interesting. But it life. is. I think that it's it's just important to figure out what those boundaries are for yourself or what limits you want to put on your kids what those things are so that when they pop up you like see it you know it you're prepared for it and you lay yeah. down whatever the thing I need is to, I need wait earlier hand motions again guys Sorry. no it's it no i'm just aggressive. i, I want people that. to know that we're all italian and we all use our hands <laughs> we do so vigorously we do but it's true you have to be ready yeah. hands in front of my face in front of my <laughs> body like Ready to block them out. Because yeah. if you don't have like a plan. basketball. If you don't have a plan, then when the thing happens, you're not quite sure how to deal because yeah. you haven't really made a decision on whether mm-hmm. that's like a really bad thing or not. So I do think it's important. And some of those things you don't realize it's a big deal until it happens. And you're like, whoa, not cool. Yeah. That's a new one. I've added a new limit to the list. You don't have to have them all right at the, at the beginning. But same with relationships. We have limits in our relationships. We have things that we say that's not okay. You can't talk that way or you can't behave that way. We have things that inherently we know from experience, a bad relationship or a previous relationship that taught us certain things. Right, because we have years ahead of us over our kids. So we can't expect that we're going to have all those things at the beginning when you become a parent, but just listen to yourself when your kids do something that don't feel representative of the type of human beings you want to raise. You notice that. And that's that's why sharing with your mommy friends Mm -hmm. and learning from them is exactly kind of how you can, I don't know, learn some of these. At the parenting conference that I took. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't want to hear about it. the, the The speaker also said, setting limits in your home is creating the reality um, that you're, you know, you're creating a culture and a reality in your home. I mean, kids, they don't, they're not born thinking, oh, this is the expectation. This is the limit of sharing yeah. of, I mean, they don't have any of that. So as a parent, you're teaching them, these are the limits in this home. And a lot of times it mirrors what the expectation is in society. Totally. So keep that in mind. Like you're creating this little world in your home really propelling your kid for success when they leave the door. So you're never doing a disservice to them Mm -hmm. by letting them get away with things or, um, you know, giving in to them. I mean, they are going to be hit with the reality of life eventually. And as a parent, you know, the worst is to not set them up for that. So, oh, I love this topic. I I I love it. I could go. I could talk for hours. Well, Well, let's talk about favorite things. Yes. Okay, I want to go first. Yay. Okay, okay, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, you guys know I'm obsessed with everything skincare related. So, 
I saw someone using on on Instagram like this mini facial steamer, and I was like, wait, wait, what is that? What is that? But basically, he was prepping some a client's skin mm-hmm. for makeup, and um, it's literally the size of you know, like your phone, your iPhone, and it's a steamer. So it's a portable face steamer. So I was like, oh, I love steaming my face. It's like one of my favorite things to kind of give Uh me my me time. But at home, you need the whole, you know, no one's going to travel with that. So this I love because I already have dry skin, but especially when you're on the plane or when you're traveling, dry Mm -hmm. skin is, I think, it's always there. So when you get to your hotel, if you're thinking about doing your nighttime routine, this is something that I love because it just helps. Facial steamers are really great because it helps open up your pores. So before you're doing your skincare, you can do a little bit of that. You just feel relaxed. No, this is good because when I think about steaming my face, I think like, oh my gosh, now I need to like start doing extractions. Yeah, totally. Right. No, no, no. You're saying it can just help hydrate and it's a good way to prep your skin. No, I would never. How much is it? Uh, 10 bucks, you guys. That is so crazy. Can I see the picture? Yeah. Look at how cute it is too. It literally looks like a little Oh, it's so cheap. It's really cute. If you look at the way that they're um, used to. Oh, and it's charged via USB. Yeah, exactly. So it's so travel friendly. It's it, I think it's great because one of the things sometimes I think about when I travel, I am alone because I'm there for work. So you actually do have extra time on your hands, but then you're like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And so this is perfect. You can do like your at-home spa um, on the go. I love that, and I'm not even into that kind of stuff. It's a good one. It's a good one, Paige. Um, I'll go next because this is something that I love, 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 love. I loved it with Millie, and I'm so excited to use it again for baby number two. So I am obsessed with my Baby Bjorn Mesh Carrier 1. It is the baby carrier that I feel like saved my fourth trimester, um, which is the you know first three months after you have the baby because it allows you to be hands-free. And I know that there's so many awesome carriers out there. This is just one that I fell in love with and I like the mesh one because I run hot, the baby ran hot, so I just liked that it was breathable. But um, I also love the the idea of carrying your baby at home. I know a lot of people will use, oh, they think that a baby carrier is just for when you leave the door, you go for a walk, you're on the go. But I would get so much done with my baby close to my heart at home hands-free and I know that when baby number two is here I'm gonna want to be just as mobile and care for Millie um so I'm obsessed with it my favorite thing about the carriers Mm -hmm. at that time in that sort of I I always forget that like yeah do you remember that because their kids are four five and six and yeah yeah the the thing that I remember so much that I loved was it would instantly put Connor to sleep because mm-hmm. there's this like soft motion and they're smushed up on you and they're they so can cozy. smell you. And so to me, it was like if he was fussy or he was fighting a nap, it wasn't necessarily the best sleep training habit if you're really following sleep training super specifically. But otherwise, I was able to put him in, do things around the house. He would pass out. Then I could like unclip him, lay him down in the crib. He would sleep for two hours. So it was a nice sort of way to like steal some time because the minute he went in there, he passed out. And it was so delicious. I agree. It's not the same as like holding your kid. There's something so beautiful, yeah, about what what Orly just said. They're like, there's this beautiful dance because they're following the rhythm of what you're doing and you're just kind of rocking them to sleep while you're doing your laundry or running after your toddler. So guys, um, it's a product I love. I have it in silver gray because I love how it's gender neutral. Um, So check it out. Oh my God. So (laughs) gender neutral. Because you know we're waiting to find out the sex of the baby. I just don't know. Because we're grateful for whatever we have. Okay. All right. Um, All right. So mine is just a little bit about what we've been talking kind of today about like boundaries and limits and how to create that for yourself. And to me, one of the things that really helps me on a day that I feel overwhelmed is a bath. 
We don't have a bath in our master bath right now, which eventually we want to redo that. But I go in the bath, in the in the hall bathroom, and I just tell Mike, even I do it when Mike's not home, and just tell the kids. I'm like, listen, I'm putting a show on for a little bit. I need to take a bath. And I think having something that you can put in the bath, whether it's like oils or bath salts or a bath bomb, something that kind of like creates that moment where you feel like you're treating yourself. Yes. So that you're taking, you're sort of setting time aside just for yourself where no one is to disturb you, no one's to bother you, and it's just about feeling better. There's two that I really love. One, you can get it at a bunch of different places. Um, I bought it on, on Bloomingdale's site before, but it's called French Girl. It's Rose Sea Soak, so Calming good. Bath Salts. And this is what it says like in what it does. It says, um, bathing in sea salt encourages dermal absorption of minerals. Epsom salt aids in calming muscles and eliminating toxins. The Himalayan pink salt helps with relaxation before sleep. And then plant essential oils provide a subtle fragrance without chemical enhancers. So I like that it's like you get this like deep breath in the bath. You start to feel really calm and relaxed. You feel like you did something for yourself. And you gave yourself like a timeout. So you just like stepped away for a minute if you needed it. Another one for anyone that's into CBD are these CBD bath bombs on a site called Miss Grass Flower Shop. They have really cool like CBD products with no THC in it, so just straight CBD. And this does the same. It says, for relief from pain, the daily grind, the workout that just kicked your butt. It's skin softening CBD bath bombs. Um, it just bath. helps like relax your muscles. So to me, one of those things, getting yourself something that feels luxurious. It doesn't need to be expensive, but something that feels luxurious that's you taking a time out, treating yourself right, taking a break taking a deep breath Set it down. It's 15 minutes like oh, yeah. I have this thing where if I get too 100%. pruny I'm like okay I'm done I'm done I'm done but oh my god how good does it feel when you so just good. do that to your body and I love that the first one it has salt yeah because um you know I love my Epsom salt baths and I can't wait to do them uh once I have this baby because it helped me so much with Millie yes. just removing those toxins inflammation swelling yeah oh my god my softball ankles are insane oh my god did you guys see my softball disaster excursion oh wait wait not disaster guys I hope you're following us on Instagram <laughs> at mommy group pod because Orly yep is now a mommy group she, in real life. She said, oh, I don't need any mommy friends. I have As, you guys. Outside of us, obviously. Outside yeah. Of us. It I was it. absolutely hilarious. We played, for Connor's Little League, we played, um, like, the moms did a softball game. And I really thought, first of all, that it was going to, one of the moms that invited me was like, it's mimosas and, like, super chill. We barely play. No. There were some chicks that played <laughs> a softball. <laughs> and I got the crap kicked out of me. I mean, I got, Amazing. like, run over. I accidentally slid and scraped up my knees. Like, it was a hilarious excursion but everyone was just laughing the whole time That's it was awesome. really fun yeah well on that note this was an amazing little uh, sesh we had today so yeah. you guys don't forget to follow us on instagram the mommy group pod and uh you know share your comments screenshot this right now share it with a friend yes. tag us um i also love when you guys give feedback about the episode like what yes. moment you loved or resonated with because i think that really shows your friends, like, oh, this is a topic that I can relate to. And also let us know what it is you guys want to hear from us next because we are always open to talk. There's no topic. Let us know. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.